It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. I am conscious of a soul sense that lifts me up above the narrow, cramping circumstances of my life. My physical limitations are forgotten. My world lies upward. The length and the breadth and the sweep of the heavens are mine. Helen Keller. I love this quote. It encapsulates so much about living fully, no matter what fears or challenges we may have. It also suits today's spectacular guests so perfectly. Two kick-ass ladies living extraordinary <laughs> lives. Uh, welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am thrilled beyond words about today's show. Later on, I'll be chatting with Coco Brown, who is the first adult star turned astronaut. Yes, you heard me right. You'll also get what? Yeah, I know. That's what I said. Um, you'll also gain some tips from this month's uh, spectacular sexpert. I can't wait to introduce you to you. But first, I am going to introduce you and welcome. I'm so honored to welcome uh, Robin Wilson Beatty, a nationally recognized sex and disability advocate I have been wanting to have on the show since I met her at the Sexual Health Expo here in L.A. in January. Robin's mission is to create dialogue and educate others about discovering and embracing their sexuality regardless of abilities. She teaches the world to see that a closed mind is the only limiting factor to safe, sane, consensual, adaptive, enjoyable sex. That is so quotable from her bio. I just love it. She's a fabulous speaker. She teaches workshops, <laughs> classes, one-on-one. I know I can feel me making you blush, but it's all true. And we are blessed yeah, to have her you. here. <laughs> How are you doing, Robin? I feel that. <laughs> Yes. It comes gorgeous. through, I tell you. I was like, wow, who's she talking about? Oh, that's me. Oh, oh, thank so you. Sweet. Of course. Thank you for joining me. How, how are you doing, first of all? I am doing amazing. Um, I just got back from a retreat for sex educators. So that was that was really, really great. I got to meet some people from all over the world, all talking about sexuality. So, Ooh, nice. I uh, love that. You get to be part of your tribe, you know? Oh, I know. I know. And, you know, brainstorm and got some new ideas on things that I want to implement. So fantastic. That is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear how that all pans out. Uh, oh, I- yes. Yeah, you'll have to keep me posted for sure. Um, I read that you acquired physical disability in 2008. Would you mind sharing what happened? Actually, it was 2004 is when I acquired my disability. Um, I A rare birth defect was uh, found inside of my spinal cord. And um, basically, I was having uh, an aneurysm inside my spinal cord. And it's called an, a spinal AVM. And um, I had I had experimental surgery at Emory University to remove it because, you know, it was killing me. And I found out a week before the surgery that I was pregnant with my daughter, who is now 10 years old. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Well, you <laughs> so just said she's is, 10 years old, so it turned out to yeah. – but I'm, that yeah. had to be just – how did you feel when you found all of this out at the same time? Oh, my goodness. It was – it was a lot um, because, you know, 
I, you know, I had not had any other children at that time. Um, and I was like, all right, you're saying something about a disability. You are saying I'm having, and then I find out I'm having a kid. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around what was happening because, you know, it was so rare that nobody had ever heard of it that, you know, um, there wasn't a lot for me to find out about it. Wow. But yes. uh, Did did you find out at that point, uh, you said disability was mentioned to you. Was that part of the outcome like you knew that would happen or was that you learned after the surgery um I had I know they told me that it would happen but it's not something that sticks out in my mind that I was thinking was going to happen I guess um because all I heard was that I was dying so you know in light of dying or you know living but differently I you know wanted to choose living but differently but and uh, so, but I really was not expecting what it meant to have a, what it meant to be to be a person with a spinal cord injury. That was completely and totally new to me. And once that hit you, and I'm sure there were so many areas of your life, every facet that it affected yes. and changed. And I think it's so beautiful that you are speaking about intimacy and sexuality because. It seems to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but that a lot of people think that disability means that there's a good chance your sexuality or your sex life ends. Is is that something that people hear a lot or believe? Yes, a lot of people hear that and they, you know, internalize that and believe that because, you know, those are messages that um, they get from society because in their heads, they, you know, because, you know, they feel like they are quote unquote broken and it's like no you are you are worthy of giving and receiving pleasure it doesn't matter what your ability is so you know I have I've encountered that and that's both from people who acquired a disability or people who were born with a disability um and I I like to work on that's what my thing is um starting to work to chip away those ideas but also to embrace it but what I find really what makes me happy, though, um, I do see, you know, people who are, you know, always been brought up to, you know, be empowered and embrace who they are. And, you know, they help, you know, show me and help teach me. And I'd Mm -hmm. share that. Beautiful, beautiful. And in your own personal journey, is that something that you were concerned about or how did you start to, because I know that a lot of our sexuality work for, for many people starts with some kind of personal experience. Was that something that you um, worked on for yourself and then decided I need to take this to a a deeper level? Or was that just immediately you just thought, you know what, I need to be able to teach about this? Um, Was your relationship with your sexuality changed after the surgery? Yes, my relationship with my uh, sexuality changed dramatically um, because, um, you know, before a lot of my sexuality was based on uh, just, you know, from feeling like I thought that um, my that sexuality was basically just contained in my genitals. But, you know, after my spinal cord injury, you know, I was feeling things differently. You know, there were places that didn't feel anymore. And then um, so I became um more aware of the other parts of my body, like my neck and my ears and 
things like that. But most importantly was I learned, started um, learning to rely on my brain. And um, where and that's when in 2008 was, you know, when I started embracing, you know, rediscovering what did it mean to be me sexually as a person with, you know, a spinal cord injury. And that's where that and it just started out grassroots, just me talking and uh, talking. Um, we have uh, here in I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and we have a women's bookstore called Karis Books and More. And they have a foundation, um, which they do all kinds of, you know, community awareness type classes and things like that, of that nature. And they were doing a disability series. And they had someone, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to be on the panel um, talking about what it meant to be, you know, a person uh, they had like a panel of several people with disabilities and they had a guy who was gay and he was deaf and um, they had me and they had another gentleman and uh, you know, and uh, you know, and I identify as queer as well, but you know, I was just talking and it was empowering, but realizing that people wanted to talk about this and uh, that there was a need. And so then I remember going to speak at a medical school about like taking the sexual history of someone with a disability because, um, I, you know, and this was based from my own experience of when I would go to my OBGYN and, you know, talk to them and educate them about my body and, you know, my sexual and uh, reproductive issues and, you know, and things like that, you know, to the fact that I couldn't, you know, things, important things like, oh, I can't have a mammogram because those machines aren't accessible. So, um, you know, now they know, like, they refer other patients with uh, disabilities to get an ultrasound of your breast, you know, things like that. So not just sexual pleasure, but also, you know, sexual health and reproductive health. So, when I realized that I realized that this was really huge. So I that's when, you know, three years ago, I decided, hey, I want to be a sexual educator. And I went about and that's it. So it was born of my own experience and me just opening my mouth. basically. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Your passion is very palpable. And I remember that from uh, meeting you, even in your your photos, your website, uh, Sex Abled, which I love that term, Sex Abled with Robin uh, R O B I N W B dot com. It's all so welcoming and and joyful and positive. And I feel like the, those messages are important for everyone. I can imagine, especially with people who have some kind of you know physical disability. Um, I actually met somebody at a, a conference recently who told me that mm-hmm. he said that uh, he was wondering about. Uh, you know, disabled children or children, excuse me, children with disabilities who have um, a lot of times don't get sex education because parents don't think that, you know, and I know they have so much, so many other challenges or, or, you know, work that they're doing and trying to get the best care for their kid. But uh, what, what do you have to say about that? I feel like that's a really important point because kids with, with um, disabilities too, they they still have sexuality. I mean, it's part of us. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad. 
you know, you don't understand my, I, I want to hug you right now for no. asking that question. <laughs> yes, because this is, it's also um, a really, um, that's something that I, that's like one of my next pet projects that I want to work on is um, doing more awareness that yes, um, children with disabilities, you know, need sex education. And that needs to be part of, uh, like, they have um, programs for uh, a lot of people, for some people, you know, with disabilities, um, where they teach them life skills and things like that, um, that they'll need, you know, and like when they're older. And, um, you know, things like going out and going shopping in the community. And they're called transitional programs because they help you transition, you know, um, into the community, you know, as an adult. And the thing is, sexuality needs to be a component of those transitional programs because I'm like, you need to talk to, you know, these ch- these kids, you know, you need to talk to kids about with disabilities, about their bodies and about puberty. You know, how do you explain, like, for instance, your child who is nonverbal, they need to be able to have a sense of what's going on with their bodies. They need to be taught these things, um, you know, and... But in those transitional programs, especially um, to talk about things like birth control and talk and consent and boundaries and um, how to ask, how not to ask, you know, things, you know, dating, you know, things like that. These are all basic things that, you know, are right now, I feel like are being blatantly ignored and that, you know, need to be taught. Yeah, um, such, such vital points. And it's interesting because I think, you know, they're lacking in general. But I feel mm-hmm. like if you have a disability, it's so much more important, it seems to me, that, you know, and it does seem like there's more attention paid to other aspects of of health and wellness. And it's just kind of over, you know, kind of bypassed, which is unfortunate. I think it's great yes. that you're doing that work. That's beautiful. Thank you. And, you know, and it's that thing is, I'm like, I, you know, it's, it, it, it's a lot of work and I'm I get excited when I meet more I'm meeting you know more not enough but I'm meeting a few more you know disability you know um, educators with disabilities who are doing uh, sex ed and um, around disability and uh, but there needs to be more people doing that work uh, because but I mean you know as a sex educator you know that it's not it's you know, sex is one of those topics that, you know, that people are like, oh, sex, talking about sex. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, ma- imagine when you're talking about children and then children with yes. disabilities. And so changing those attitudes. And I'm wanting to work on that. That That is awesome. I am cheering you on in any way we can promote all of that as it happens. We're, we're here. That's That's fabulous. I'm also curious about some of the main challenges that um, adults with disability face. Uh, and one question I'm curious about, as you were talking about you kind of developing or having to kind of cultivate a new relationship with your sexuality, does does it generally start when some people, when they have a disability, um, acquire it, you know, they don't start life with one. Does yes. it start out then with is it ideal to start with like self-stimulation and exploration? Um, I'm sure there's no kind of right way, but what are some of the ways if somebody has had a disability or acquired one recently and they want to start exploring? Um, for me, you know, it could work differently for different people. Um, I like to say that, you know, I'm the, I'm the expert on my body. And um, so for me, and I think for a lot of people, 
that, you know, it is very beneficial to uh, start out with, um, you know, self-exploration and, you know, figuring out what makes you feel good, you know, because, you know, you, like I said, you know, the, for me, just like in all things, you know, the relationship with that I have with myself is, you know, the most important relationship. So, you know, I take care of that relationship, which is means making, seeing where I feel good and what makes me feel good so that I can also teach my, you know, partner or um, about what feels good or, you know, where, what areas to stimulate because it might be different, you know, than where you might traditionally think of as erogenous and, um, but for some people, they need, you know, they they do, they, you know, it could be, you know, maybe some physical limitations to that, but they'll need somebody else to help them explore those things. You know, it just depends on, based on, you know, what you can do. Sure. And then I imagine the communication's really important. It always is, but when there's something new or different or challenging, how can somebody, you know, say somebody wants to let their spouse or partner know that, they would like some help with that. I know people who are really independent or, or maybe, you know, sadly there's often shame around sexual issues. How, how, what's one way that we can kind of gently bring up these topics? Um, you know, one thing, in, like in all aspects of everything, you know, communication is key. And um, I, you know, and, 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 you know, and that, that's something that, you know, is, you know, people bring to me all the time is, well, how do I ask? Um, and, and, you know, and it, may, it may be awkward at first, but, you know, there, there are, you know, ways like, you know, you can do, uh, you know, just, t- you know, just gently talk, go out on a date, start out, you know, it doesn't have to be like, um, but, oh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like explicit unless you want it to be, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, when talking about it with your partner, mm-hmm. but, you know, just you can broach these things, you know, however is most comfortable to you. Yeah, you know, hell, you can even start the conversation. It doesn't always, it doesn't have to be spoken out loud. You can write it. You can, you know, there are, but, you know, just come, but the key thing is to communicate and be honest about your needs and wants and desires. And, um, but I think a, a large part of sometimes that people being afraid to communicate those things is uh, they are scared of rejection. Oh, sure. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? Well, kind of, you know, I I tell people, you know, that, you know, everyone experiences, you know, rejection, Um, you know, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what your ability is, you know, whether you're a person with or without a disability, you know, um, so, uh, but you gain nothing by not trying. Well and said. I feel like I keep wanting to write down these quotes. I actually scribbled some down <laughs> to quote you. Really? I, seriously. <laughs> seriously, you're very quotable. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that. But no. <laughs> you are. That. You are. I love that. And I'm hearing, too, from you that, you know, we talked about sex positive parenting here a couple of times. And. Yes. You know, and I think it's really important. It sounds to me like it's ongoing. It's not like one talk where you're like, honey, today is the, t- the day that we talk all about my sexual needs. You know, it's a yeah. no, no, no. It's an conversation. ongoing conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, before I, I let you go, I want to give you time to um, share a message or two with the audience. I'd love to hear one thing that you really wish that people 
knew about sexuality and disability? I, the one thing I do want people to realize that you, your most beautiful sexual organ that you, and that the biggest one that you possess is your brain. And if you believe it, you can achieve it. <laughs> and, um, that, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm using all these cliches, like where there's a will, there's a way, but seriously that you can find all kinds of ways to, um, adapt and explore your sexuality. Um, and also, but one thing I really like to talk about is the use of toys. And I know that that, you know, is one of those things that make people giggle, but toy, you know, um, sex aid, sexuality toys, um, they can bring, they can help you experience pleasure in a way that, you know, that may have not been possible. And, you know, and that might even just be the trick that you need to, you know, to explore, you know, the things that you would like. So, um, to me, for me, the biggest advice is, um, be adventuresome, you know, research, don't be afraid to talk about and try. And, um, I think that is probably one of the big things that I, that's one of the key things I like to say. Beautiful. And it's universal. I feel like those messages are so important uh, for everyone. And I'm, you know, a big fan of toys. I think, you know, whatever, and you know, one thing that's great now too, is we can buy them online. So people yes. are nervous about, and and also if, if you've never bought one online, everybody out there, they don't send them to you in a big box that says like from the dildo company, like it's, uh, no. <laughs> they're all private. So you can, they don't have the big discreetly. sex aids inside. Look here. <laughs> Only a couple of you, you and I might go, yay. And a lot of other people would run for the hills. So, um, yeah, yeah. Which is totally, you know, we're all we're all in a journey, and and uh, I think one of your messages about just comfort it starts with yourself and not seeing those yes. limitations. That's that's really beautiful. Thank you for joining me. I hope you will join us again. I will, and thank you for having me. I really this was a lot of fun. The time just passed quickly. Thank you. It did too quickly. So we'll have a recap. Do keep me posted. Isn't she fantastic? To learn more about Robin, visit her website, sexabledwithrobinwb.com. I will share a link to uh, her website in the show notes on my website, which you can find at augustmclaughlin.com. Now for a special treat. I met Kate Scalisi while I was in New York City for Blog Her recently, and I have a total sex educator crush and have ever since. I just think you guys are going to adore her. She wants to live in a world where sex is no longer a dirty word. She's the founder of PassionByKate.com, PassionByKate.com, where she helps women have more intimate, adventurous, and fulfilling relationships. As a sex educator and coach, she's been featured in Cosmo, Elle, and Brides. When she's not reading, writing, or teaching about pleasure and intimacy, she says she's probably having an epic dance party in her living room or wandering NYC with a lot in hand. I just love her energy. She is this month's sexpert who will be sharing fabulous insight each week, starting with this. Hey there, pleasure seekers. I am so excited to be a part of Girl Boner Radio this month, and I can't wait to share some awesome tips to have the best sex life and relationship that you want. 
So today, I really wanted to talk a little bit about sex after injury, because so, so many of us at some point in our lives are going to get injured, and that's whether we are consider ourselves athletic, or we work out on a regular basis, or we just move our bodies in any way. And what I found through my own experience and through working with so many women at different types of injuries and illnesses is that sex and relationships tend to go ignored, even though they're so, so deeply impacted. So for me, I've been dealing with injuries on and off for the last five years. And after my first one, I got really withdrawn and I didn't really share what I was going through with my partner. And I started lashing out at him actually, which created a lot of problems. And on top of all of that, I was feeling so betrayed by my body that the last thing I wanted to do was be naked and vulnerable in any which way. So you can imagine that didn't go over too well and it created some issues. What I found now, now that I've gone through this so many times, is first and foremost, know that you are not alone. And for me, the first time a physical therapist said, I understand what you're going through, I feel you, you're not crazy, you're not losing it, this is really, really, really freaking difficult, and you're not alone, that just, I burst into tears and it was just what I needed to hear. So I want to pass that along now. If you're struggling with an injury or an illness and it's impacting your sex life and your relationships, you're not alone. You're not losing your mind. It's totally normal. And so, okay, it's normal. Great. But what can you do about it? You know, how can, how can you begin to maybe repair some of the tears in your relationship and some of the damage that might have happened to your sex life? And step one, which everyone, no one ever wants to hear is talk to whoever you're having sex with about what's going on, especially if this is someone who is a partner or a spouse or a significant other, because If, again, if you're anything like me, you might have retreated and not shared as much as you thought. And yeah, sometimes it sucks to have to share what you need from them. But um, unfortunately, we don't live in the wonderful world of rom-coms and romance novels. And many times, especially if our partners haven't gone through what we're going through, they don't know what we need. And sometimes it's, hey, baby, I need you to slow down when we walk and not make that face that says you're frustrated because we're walking more slowly. Or, you know, it's really difficult for me to be on top during sex because it hurts my hips or my back or my neck or whatever. So can we kind of experiment a little bit and figure out what positions are going to give me the stimulation that I can get while I'm riding you, um, but not not hurt me because sex isn't fun when I'm in pain. I can't enjoy sex and that's not fun for either of us. So step one is really, again, it's just sharing what you're going through and what you need with them. And that can be difficult. I know. And that can be hard, but, um, to make it easier, you know, use this podcast as an excuse. Hey honey, I was listening to this thing today and it just really prompted me and got me thinking. And I want to talk to you about what's been going on with me and why I've been acting this way and feeling this way. And maybe why we haven't been having sex as much Or maybe that's all we've been doing because certainly some people have more sex when they're stressed and anxious and struggling because it's a way of escape. 
And, you know, also one of the best tips I've ever gotten for these difficult conversations is to hold their hand throughout or make some sort of physical contact so that you maintain that intimacy and that connection no matter what, no matter how difficult the, uh, the conversation gets. Now, my second tip is to begin practicing mindfulness and really start with your breath. Um, I know that sounds a little new age and a little hippy-dippy, and so maybe you're rolling your eyes right now and that's totally okay, but I've learned through, yes, practicing yoga, but also, yes, going through, again, five years of injuries and physical therapy and pain and feeling betrayed that breathing can just help, whether it's your pain flaring, your injury hurting, and you need a moment, or feeling frustrated by what you can't do because of an injury, or just having more pleasurable sex, being able to sink into the moment and enjoy what's happening, enjoy the sensations that you're feeling and what your partner is doing to you and what you're doing to them, that being able to just breathe lets you really shift from focusing on all of the things and all of the bullshit and all of the stuff happening to what's happening and what you're experiencing and what you're feeling in that moment. And that's really, really priceless. So you can practice by just noticing your breath during sex in particular. And maybe from there you start to take deeper inhales and deeper exhales. And maybe you continue that all the way through your orgasm. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just notice your breath and that's it for now. And that's totally, totally okay too. How perfect was that? If you guys listened last week to our chat on breathgasms, we talked a lot about that. So if you need some more tips, uh, go back to uh, the Tantra Tips and Breathgasms and definitely check out Kate's website. Isn't she wonderful? Passion by Kate, K-A-I-T dot com. And on all social media platforms, you can find her at Passion by Kate on Twitter, on Instagram. She's fantastic. Facebook as well. (laughs) See why I love her. So personable, dynamic, and insightful. Thank you, Kate. Stay tuned to the end of the show, everybody, because she has a super sweet offer for Girl Boner fans. But first, I'm thrilled to welcome Girl Boner's first astronaut to the show. Now there is a phrase I never imagined saying. Coco Brown's extraordinary career began in Las Vegas as one of the premier dancers at the world-famous Deja Vu Strip Club. In 1998, she caught the eye of an adult producer who offered her the chance to shoot her first movie. She did so under the name Honey Love. She was an instant success in America and became one of the most downloaded porn stars in history. She later cultivated a successful music career, which led to multiple TV appearances, a Cannes awarded film, modeling, and a whole bunch more. She's now a DJ and an astronaut, soon to become the first adult star turned a space traveler. I am so fascinated. It's so exciting. And I'm honored to talk to you, Coco. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, August. How did that come about? How did this uh, space adventure come to be? Well, I it was very actually by accident. I got invited by a luxury concierge service in Berlin. I had just moved there. It was an invite for only 12 people. So, and one person had canceled, and they were like, oh, you're in luck, Coco, you can go. And the name of the, the luncheon was called a space space luncheon, and who knew what that could have possibly ever meant. Or, you know, maybe they were talking about 
the stars and I like the Discovery Channel. I mean, you know, I didn't know. And then they were saying as I had arrived an hour late, they had said to me, hey, you know what? Here's the opportunity to fly into space. This is what we're offering. And we actually give you the opportunity to become an astronaut. Are you interested? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, am I? Am I, am I in the right spot? Are you sure you wanted to invite me? <laughs> <laughs> so you were shocked. Did you immediately, once it, it's, you realized that this was true and an actual offer, did you leap at it or was it something that was terrifying at first? Well, I didn't leap at it. It was not terrifying. It was just the fact that I think everything through exactly like when I did, when I started my uh, adult career, I, I didn't jump at the opportunity. It, it wasn't like that. Just, um, I just thought it was a great opportunity to actually become a real astronaut. I thought it was a really great thing for women and from my career, from what I've done before, anything where they could say, you know what, it doesn't really matter what you did or where you came from. If this is something that you feel that you can actually follow through with and do, and then I think you should do it. And, and I think as far as being the fourth African-American female, I mean, there's a lot of things, factors that came into it that made me say, OK, I do see this as more as what the other people, I guess the men, because there's mostly only men who are doing this, who are the other astronauts who are just saying, oh, this is just really great fun. You know, I do see it as more as a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a jumping a jump board to other things to make, you know, just to let people understand it doesn't really matter. You can do anything. That's so matter beautiful. What it is. You're so brave. I love that. That That's really, really Thank inspiring. Um, what you. is your training like for this? Um, it's actually pretty intense when I do have to do them. They start at 6 a.m. all the way till almost uh, midnight could be. And it goes on for quite a few days and it's very intense and there's a lot of briefing and debriefings and what did you learn and are you ready now? So your training, it does sound very intense. What's an example of a training exercise? Well, um, I've done the zero G uh, gravity training, which had to do with the Martian, the lunar, and of course the zero gravity. I just also got through doing uh, my four G fighter jet training and the Mojave Desert with X-Corps. That was actually very, very exciting. And then, of course, I do have the Desimona Simulator coming up. I do have another fighter jet training coming up. I do have another uh, gravity training coming. But these things, it depends on me where I decide to do them because um, we do have the opportunity as X-Corps brings it to us, to, uh, the 100 astronauts or almost 100 astronauts. They say, okay, we're now doing a training at the Russian space station or we're going to be here in France doing this particular training. Can you make it? Will you not be able to? If not, then you just go to another <laughs> space station. But these are the trainings. The trainings, they don't change. Okay, very interesting. And what scares you about it, if anything? Is there one particular part that's more challenging emotionally? I know you like to push those boundaries and, and really dare yourself. Uh, what's intimidating about it for you? Mm, there's actually nothing intimidating about the whole thing. I think the thing that I'm mostly uh, uncomfortable with is the fact that when you're, uh, when you're on an airplane that your ears 
can have that that pop that like my ears will have that feeling of not popping as far as like when you're in an airplane and you're just like oh my god does anyone have gum so i don't even know if i'm allowed to have gum or a mint or something <laughs> go flying right back out of your mouth and hit someone okay. in the face you know exactly that's probably the only thing or you're like the swallowing is not working and you can't grab your nose because i have a helmet on so the things you never think about. That is hilarious. I bet a lot of people when they... This is what I think about. This is not... I don't think anyone has thought about that. I'm like, you know, you always have this like, drink a glass of water or chew some gum. I don't think any of that's allowed. That is so interesting. Well, you will have to let us know. I'll be curious to find that out. Um, I imagine a lot of people when they find out about uh, you being the first adult star turned astronaut, that they may be thinking that you're going to go up there and do a porn scene or do something very sexy. Uh, That's not part of your plan. Is that right? Not at all. I mean, it probably I don't even think it would be that fun considering the trainings that I've you know, have done already. I'm like, that's not possible. I'm like, that's just not going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's a serious thing. There's only t- two people, myself and the pilot, which means I'm the co-pilot. This is why I'm going through the trainings that I'm doing. And if God forbids, if anything happens, I have to somewhat know what I'm doing to get back. Even if it's for his funeral. <laughs> My gosh. I mean, that's a reality, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's yeah, interesting. It's a reality check. It's yeah. a reality check of saying, hey, wait a minute. I have to somehow or either be able to communicate. I have to know somehow and not be thinking about yeah, I'm going to show my boob here, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to pull my dress of hair. I'm like, look, we got to get home. <laughs> yeah, priorities, people. Come on. <laughs> that is so funny. Do you feel like in any way your dynamic career, you've done a lot of bold work. Uh, some people would probably say doing porn is very um, courageous in some ways. For you, it might have felt very natural. But do you feel like your career path prepared you in any way for this? Probably. I mean, I guess the fact that I am very much, um, I guess, adventurous in things and I really don't have any type of fear of anything. So, I mean, I guess maybe it did prepare me in certain ways I guess with my move to Germany and my move with my with my uh, career and things like that. It was uh, something that I just saw. Uh, yeah, it's not anything that I had a fear for. Beautiful. I'm sorry. That... I'm sorry one second. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, hold on, hold on for a second. Yeah, it was nothing that I actually. Um, I'm not afraid of, and it's not anything that is. Nothing I really um, think about in that particular way. I guess. And, Where do um, you get your courage from? I feel like you have this. Is it a natural boldness, or is this something you've developed over time? I think it's naturally me. I think it's just me. I mean, I don't really know what I'm afraid of. I, I love horror films and I, I love uh, haunted houses. And I'm like, ooh, the scarier the better. But I'm like, I'm not scared. <laughs> Fearless. Yeah. That is that is so fierce. And when so, will your travel I, happen? I don't know if I'm doing it. Oh, it's next year, 2016, third quarter. Because they had to do some adjustments to the Lynx shuttle, which I'm totally okay with that. I'm like, sure, get us up there safely. Absolutely. I know. Whenever like a plane is delayed because something's broken, I never complain. I'm like, please fix the plane before we get in the air. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's exactly. beautiful, beautiful. Um, and where can we learn more about you? What's the best place? Well, you can find out 
about me on all of my social medias. It's Coco Brown at Facebook.com. It's Coco Brown at Twitter.com. On my YouTube channel, it's Coco Brown at YouTube. So I-T-S-C-O-C-O-B-R-O-W-N at every social media (laughs) 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 that it can possibly be. I only use, you know, I-T-S, Coco Brown. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, August. It was wonderful. Great. Well, we'll, we're going to be following your adventures, so good luck. Have fun. What a lovely person. She's so uh, fearless, really. I feel like I said that word about a hundred times during our chat, but I just can't relate to not being afraid of anything, like physical stuff like that, like jumping out of an airplane or... You know, I just, I don't get that uh, thrill, and I just, yeah, I I admire it. I think she's doing an amazing thing, and I love that she's only, I think she said, the fourth um, black woman ever to to go to space. That is incredible. So good luck, Coco. We are going to be following you. Again, find her at It's Coco Brown, C-O-C-O is how she spells Coco, all over the internet. Amazing, amazing. Before I let you all go, you must hear about this sweet deal from our new friend, our sexpert pal, Kate. Do you ever find yourself feeling sexually frustrated? Maybe you just got injured or you're recovering from an injury and you can't do the things, have the type of sex that you loved and used to have. Maybe there's something that you want to try, but you don't know how to talk to your partner about it. Or maybe the sex is just kind of okay. And yes, you are smart because you are listening to Girl Boner. So you are a smart cookie. And you have already tried the Cosmo Top 10 tips. And you've contorted yourself into a pretzel trying to reach the G spot and the A spot and the this spot and the other spot. And of course, you've tried the number one best vibrator. But none of those things really got you the pleasure that you were looking for. And you sometimes wonder, like, is there something wrong with me? Are my desires normal or am I reaching too far? Do I want too much? And if that's you, if you've ever had those thoughts, then I am so, so excited to talk to you about my sexual clarity quickie package. And so this is a mini coaching program that really helps you figure out what you want, learn how to ask for what you want, and really have the intimate, adventurous, and satisfying sex life and relationship that you desire. Now, normally with this package, you get an hour coaching call with me, plus all of the things and materials and books and tools that you need, again, to ask for what you want and create this really awesome best sex life. But for Girl Boner listeners, because you all are amazing and fabulous, I'm actually going to put in an extra hour of coaching that you can get any time within a year from when we have our first call. And this is because I know that sometimes we go through and we're so excited, we try all the things, and they're going great and wonderful. And then something happens. Shit happens. We Life changes. It throws a curveball our way and that can look so many different ways. And sometimes having a resource to turn back to is just exactly what you need. So again, for Girl Boner listeners, I'm going to make sure that you have continued support 
in whatever way that looks like for you. So if you want more information about the Sexual Clarity Quickie Package, uh, you can visit Passion by Kate, that's K-A-I-T dot com slash work dash with dash me. And of course, August will include this link in the Girl Boner page on her website so that you can just go directly there. And what you do is when you sign up for this, just put Girl Boner in the comment box. So I know that again, you're getting that extra hour of coaching and we can really jam and just make sure that you really are creating the sex life and relationship that is the best for you and the best for your partner and bringing you all the pleasure that you desire. What a sweet deal, right? Please race off to her website. You can also find that link on my page, augustmclaughlin.com. I'll share the hyperlinks. You can just click and make it real easy. If you have a friend or family member you think would benefit, definitely pass it on. Uh, Kate is a wonderful resource, and I would love for you and yours to benefit. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you won't miss a beat. And while you're there, if you have a spare minute or two, I really appreciate those simple reviews and ratings. But most of all, thank you so much for listening and for being you. Until next time, have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.